0: Charge your glasses, babes. Welcome back
1: to episode four of the newly titled Lauren's Lore Podcast. Theme song, To Be Determined. No. Don't want those copyright claims, so we'll get something figured out. But, hello... It's been a while. It's been over a year. You're talking so smoothly right now. This is my radio announcer voice. It's weird. It's, like uh, it. If you listen to <laughs> listen to the first podcast where I am really like shoving up. hard into the radio ca- like broadcaster voice, I would and listen then, to
0: it to fall asleep. Like I'm not even shitting you.
1: And then listen to podcast three where I am completely sober the entire time. By the way, that's just how. how I am. I was on call.
0: No, I mean, I don't know how you sat through all of oh. that, so...
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, this time, I can assure you, I am, I am not sober, or if I'm currently sober, I will be becoming less sober. As I'm supposed this to have podcast. to take a shot just because you're rambling. This, yeah, so, good, good segue <laughs> into... We're going to make this a fun little drinking game, because we're going to be discussing 18th century conspiracies... Either ones that we have created or looked at generally as a conspiracy. You're making it sound
0: like we have a lot of things, like separate We topics, have two things. We have two things. We have two
1: things. <laughs> each within our own wheelhouse, each within our own specialty but for this drinking game we have a few also, rules that we've I established. I don't know
0: if yours is a conspiracy because it's I feel not like really the definition a of a conspiracy is multiple people coming together to accomplish some goal that involves conspiring.
1: It's a conspiracy in the sense that there's like debate over what's the right answer. It's a theory. It's a theory. Anywhere. Mine's a conspiracy. <laughs> yours is definitely much more of a legitimate conspiracy.
0: Will I let it be handled with all the gravity it deserves? No. Never. <laughs>
1: So, the rules we have for the drinking game (laughs) thus far are one, if I, with the sultry radio broadcaster voice, begin to ramble, which has already happened, take a sip slash shot. If we discuss Tumblr
0: (laughs) and how it's. If we trash talk Tumblr Tumblr
1: as a general source of information, take a sip slash shot. If we refer to ourselves and really you know implore you guys not to take us seriously because we're not the most valid sources of historical information, take a sip slash shot. If we refer to Francis Kinlock as a slut or a trash boy, take a slip, slip slip, take a sip slash
0: shot. We should just have them take a sip and we take a shot.
1: Whatever they
0: are, hey, whatever if you that night. If, take a shot all, if you like. Really first of all, if you're under drunk. 21, you're not legally allowed to drink the first yes. place, so don't be doing that. Second of all, if you're hardcore, get on their level. <laughs> I'm gonna be yes. taking a shot. This is this is our. Also, the fact that you just rambled that long about that, I'm already drinking. Okay. So, here we go.
1: Oh man, she's trying. Am I starting or are you starting with?
0: I feel like you should start with yours because it's not actually a conspiracy. Okay, well let me take this shot first. Oh, she's doing it. Oh. Oh. We're good. Tea did it, yay.
1: You should all know that Fireball is our drink of choice for the night because-
0: Wow, you make us sound like garbage That's the you kind make. of trash <laughs> humans that we are.
1: Alright, so for my conspiracy, would you expect anything else than something to do with John Lawrence and Francis Kinlock? I wouldn't either, so you know so I was actually interested in discussing this one since I think I saw the post getting reblogged a bit recently, but you may know that in 1782 there was an obituary published for John Lawrence by an anonymous source. Um, The transcription that I have is from the New Jersey Gazette published December 11th 1782 and it's titled sketch of the character of colonel john lawrence who fell gloriously in the defense of his country august 27 1782 that being said the original publication was in the virginia gazette on october 12 1782 um i don't think there's any differences in the writing that was published but the dates will come into play with the conspiracy so the Stop quote unquote the please. quote unquote conspiracy the the debate that surrounds this is the author of said obituary. And so there's two uh, the two most likely answers are either Alexander Hamilton or Francis Kinlock. But why? But why, you might ask. So Alexander Hamilton, you can probably answer for yourself. You know, we know that he was obviously very close to Lawrence. You know, both romantically and, and throughout their military careers, and all of that. Um, so, Hamilton certainly had the knowledge to write about Lawrence. He certainly had that depth of emotion to feel the need to write an obituary about Lawrence, all of that. And then there's Francis Kinlock, which you may be surprised about because if you've read my blog whatsoever, you know that Francis Kinlock and John Lawrence suffered what I term a breakup in, I believe the year was 1776, where um, Lawrence was coming out as very pro-colonies, very um, pro-republic or democracy, and Kinlock was very much like, I'm good with the monarchy, it's easy, it's like, this is the least, like path of least resistance for me, I'm just gonna do my own thing.
0: He was coming out as a little bitch. He
1: was, (laughs) definitely. Um, So they kind of had a big falling out over that. Um, which is possibly further worsened by the fact that later on in the war, Francis later changed his tune a little bit and ended up fighting for the colonies. is not that because
0: he like, saved yes. some dude's kid and he didn't yes. get like, properly rewarded? I forget,
1: I'd have to look up, oh, I want to say Lord North. Something. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, some prominent English dude. Uh, this is all from- I had an email exchange with Greg Massey, author of the John Lawrence Okay, bio. so I like, guess a
0: quick disclaimer, we're gonna get like super vague about our references with a lot of things, and it'll be worse when I start talking about my conspiracy, because I didn't feel like sourcing all my shit. God, we were going through this yesterday, <laughs> and
1: I was looking at my writings from like years ago, and I was literally like, <laughs> "Where did I how did I, I know this? <laughs> Where did this come from?
0: I then you have to like source back whatever yeah. chain of like different descriptions and clues that you you found to like get to this one piece of information. You're like, well, Damn, honestly, I'm good.
1: honestly, if I had read like two sentences he more the seen. paragraph, I would have had the source for me right there, but I was just like, where did this come from? Um, but yes, I had an email discussion with Greg Massey, and um I think I was looking for more Kinlock letters as I was doing some Kinlock research, and uh he told me that apparently um Lord North's son was drowning. Kinlock saved the boy, and then Kenlock didn't receive any special favors from Lord North. And Kinlock was very upset about this. So then he basically like defected from England. Like he was a South Carolinian, he was like a colonist, but that's when he went from Pro monarchy to.
0: I feel like there's probably some nuance involved where, like, Lord North was like, "I don't need to thank you because you're a dirty colonist" or something potentially, like, like extra that I like pushed him over the edge with it because that's like so petty. I don't believe even Kinlock could be that petty. He definitely has this
1: streak of like doing whatever is best and easiest for him. Entitled white boy syndrome. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think I tried to get the microphones before, and I think. I'd have to check which led, because I might have been between like him and Mueller, and it was those, I think, are generally in French, and I do not Mueller. know French. Um, the boyfriend. Yes, the boyfriend from The Geneva. first boyfriend. There's many a boyfriend in Europe. I mean, it was like...
0: It's it was, European education. Yeah.
1: I'll get into the big was, was jealous of the European education. Where even... So, yeah, I think I was saying, that, <laughs> <laughs> ramble, take, no, take that shot, take that sip. No, that was my fault. That's okay. Um, but that was just to emphasize that Kinlock and Lawrence um, didn't really.
0: Oh, wait, had we bit... invalidated ourselves earlier and we didn't take a shot. Oh, we should take a shot for that too. Oh, we have shots poured already. I did. Oh, I, you gotta recharge your glasses. That's like a rule. <sighs> Don't be caught okay. without a charged glass. Let me
1: finish, let me finish this thought real quick, then we can do this. Um, so you might be surprised that I'm even postulating that Kinlock could you have. You really been... just use that word. Yes. It's... <laughs> It's like uh, <gasps> geometry class, you know, the postulates and everything. I feel what? like that was definitely a thing in geometry. You had to like, there were like proofs and like postulates and stuff. Or am I making that up? There's also Cox postulates for like bacteria and like infection. I'm a medical student in case you didn't know.
0: I know what polynomials are. Polynomials feel like are also a, a p few Oh wait, no, that. like you mean like theories and like it was like proofs. I remember in geometry, theories and proofs. Like, like, like had, a postulate is the theory, yes, and then the proof is the you, proof. You
1: had like the shapes, and you would know like the this angle is or ramble. the side. This is a Take two shots. Let's go. And like you had to find like the other angle or the side stop, of the triangle. Stop! Stop! We're not teaching and math you. right now. Kinlock, I am suggesting him as a a possible and what I think is the more likely author of this obituary, despite the rocky ground that he and Lawrence kind of encountered in the late 1770s. So, kind of going to break this down into the timing issues surrounding the publication of the obituary and the authors, and also the general knowledge of the authors and the information that was published in the obituary.
0: Okay, but I think we kind of established that, like... Francis Kenlock and Alexander Hamilton were the only two who would have had the level of knowledge and motivation to write this literature. So we've already, like, aligned those two as the ones who were possible candidates. So let's go into, like, why it is who we think it is.
1: All right. So uh, to begin with, the timing of the publication and people... Generally, learning of Lawrence's death, so we know that Lawrence died August twenty seventh, seventeen eighty two. R.I.P. in peace. R.I.P. in peace, gay icon, socialist of the seventeen hundreds. So after he died, obviously, now this is the eighteenth century. There's going to be some time needed for the news to travel to different parties, um, especially across several colonies, since you know Lawrence is pretty far south in South Carolina. and we don't necessarily know how everyone found out, but we can pin down approximate dates of when they did find out. So, as I mentioned, um, I think my source was this from Massey's bio on Lauren's, um, the original publication of the obituary was published in either, I think it was both called the Virginia Gazette or the American Advertiser, and it was first published on October 12, 1782. And uh, the earliest, that we know Hamilton knew of, him, of Lawrence's death was actually, I believe, that same date of October twelfth, 1782. Because can... he wrote that letter to Lafayette, wasn't it? Uh, It was actually to Nathaniel Green, if I could find my notes on this. I definitely had. Where did did any of my notes go? All of our notes are completely incoherent, so this is really. Oh, I found it. Okay. So uh, the earliest record that we have of Hamilton mentioning Lawrence's death is from a letter from Hamilton to Nathaniel Green on October 12th, 1782, which I said is the same date that that obituary was published. And Hamilton sent this letter from Albany, which will also come into play. So Hamilton wrote, I feel the deepest affliction of the news we have just received of the loss of our dear and inestimable inestimul- 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 friend, Lawrence. His career of virtue is at an end. How strangely are human affairs conducted that so many excellent qualities could not ensure a more happy fate. The world will feel the loss of a man who has left few like him behind and America of a citizen whose heart realized that patriotism of which others only talk. I feel the loss of a friend I truly and most tenderly loved and one of a very small number. And as I mentioned, this letter was sent from Albany. And this is important because as I've already mentioned, the obituary was published in a Virginia newspaper. So the timing of Hamilton learning about this and also the location kind of make us rank Hamilton lower in our list of potential authors of the obituary.
0: At least a week for him to get to Virginia.
1: Yeah, so considering, you know,
0: If Hamilton, like, okay, so think about like when he made the ride during like the winter of seventeen seventy seven to like pass the news about uh, freaking needing troops at Valley Forge. It took him like seven days to get up to Albany from Pennsylvania. Yeah, like it's even further than that, so it would take him more than a week. Yeah. So either that was like riding his ass off.
1: Yeah. The one kind of like. Iffy thing is, we don't, we, this is the earliest record, written record that we have of Hamilton mentioning Lawrence's death, but we can't say for sure when he would have first heard about it. Obviously, this is about like a month, month and a half after Lawrence actually died, but again, you know, Lawrence was in South Carolina, Hamilton's in New York at this time, the news is gonna travel fairly he slowly. Said he
0: just heard of the news. Did he say just? Yeah, he just heard of the news. Yeah,
1: so it seems unlikely that Hamilton is first responding to Lawrence's death on the same day that this is actually getting published um, in the newspaper, because it obviously would have had, you know, it would have required time for him to write this and send this down to Virginia and for that to get published. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, if Hamilton is in Albany, why would he be sending an obituary to get published in Virginia? Now, why wouldn't he get it published in New York, or potentially you know, maybe send it down to South Carolina where Lawrence was from? Why would Virginia get chosen? That doesn't really seem to fit in with um, the so time and the locations. So who do we know
0: who's in Virginia? Who do we know was well, in <laughs> Virginia John
1: in October 1782? And the answer is Bump-a-dum. your trash boy, Francis Kinlock. So in October 1782, we know that Kinlock was in Albemarle County, Virginia. Uh, we know this because Kinlock was writing letters. Wait, how did
0: you just say that?
1: Albemarle. It's spelled A-L-B-E-M-A-R-L-E.
0: No, it's funny. It's just I've always said Elbemarle. Elbemarle. That's... It might be my accent. <laughs> Elbemarle. He's in uh,
1: Virginia. Um, he's in Virginia, and we know this because he was writing letters uh, to Thomas Boone, um, who was Kinloch's guardian. Um, we have a letter dated between from uh, Kinlock to Boone, uh, dated October 1st. 1782, and Kinlock wrote his location as Albemarle County at the foot of the Southwest Mountains, Virginia. But what's interesting about this letter um, again, this is October 1st, so this is a little less than two weeks before that obituary would be published. And in this letter, Kinlock actually mentions Lawrence, but he writes about him as if he were s- still alive. So he doesn't seem, he either didn't know that Lawrence was dead yet, or if he did know, he just didn't kind of conveyed that message to his guardian. This was on October 1st. Yeah, yeah so again, this is, this 11, is like, days uh, yeah, yeah, 11 days between... 11 days before the obituary was published. Um, but I won't read the whole quote, the cause it's kind of a long quote. Um, I'll try to see if I can find... So he's talking to his... Um, I believe his guardian was in... Boone. England? Um, yeah, Boone. He was definitely somewhere in Europe, so he mentions um, that in 1781, Kinlock had sent some letters actually through John Lawrence to be passed along uh, to Thomas Boone and I believe um, Mueller, who was another one of Kinlock's friends. So he wrote um, with my letter to you by Mr. Lawrence, which I find you received.
0: When when did he write those? In 1781, went to
1: yeah. When so when John went to France, it appears that he took some letters from Kinloch to his friends, um, Kinlock's friends in Europe which uh, kind of circles back to my conversation from earlier despite the fact that they had this really big falling out in the late 1770s it well, seems he, like Kinlock came
0: back to the revolution he in did. 78 in like September or so Yeah, because there's that letter from Henry Lawrence that basically says like your friend Kinlock will salute you in camp in the next couple yeah. of weeks so imagine that. <laughs> I think John dragged
1: him. He's like, oh, his like a guardian must have like had some convincing to do with him because so I like know it wasn't fun, me. So many fun to
0: opportunities to imagine how that went down because this was when Lawrence was probably like peak gay with Hamilton. Yeah. What's also funny is that
1: <laughs> I think Kinlock was in Philadelphia when he Lawrence was, was a pl- prisoner said- of war in Philadelphia, and Hamilton came to Philadelphia to visit Lawrence. So. Imagine that. No,
0: well, that's a theory that we have because they had the portraits done.
1: Yeah. I think the timing is difficult because of...
0: We can't, like... Yeah. it
1: 100%, 100%, but it's like a very...
0: That's something we could have written, like, a theory about. It's fine. Oh,
1: there's many a theory we could do. Um,
0: Speculation. But anyway, my
1: point is that
0: um, it
1: seems like Kinlock and Lawrence potentially kind of mended some of their relationship, at least to the point where you know Lawrence was like willing like he was like carrying letters for Kinlock across. They've been bros the on ocean. the battlefield at yeah. that point in time, like um I'm sure there was there was a lot of tension when Kinlock oh, yeah. first came. i like came imagining like, like, like
0: the first month of tension just oh, being like, man. so charged. That would be bad.
1: Um but it seems like not that they were necessarily back to the level that they were in like Geneva and in Europe when they were probably basically boyfriends. Um, they broke but, the sexual tension. Yeah. That's fine. But it seems like they kind of forgave the mistakes of the past and kind of moved on with their lives. So <laughs> um, I think it's certainly possible that with that relationship someone mended, Kinluck might have felt compelled to write the obituary. So to summarize, the obituary was originally published in on October 12, 1782 in Virginia. Hamilton... We did not have the first record of Hamilton's knowledge of Lawrence's death until October 12th. Um, Hamilton was also in Albany, New York, whereas um, Kinlock, we don't necessarily know when he found out about Lawrence's death, but we know that he was actually located in Virginia in 1782. And um, I did some research before, and at the time, the Virginia Gazette, where the obituary was published, was located in Rich- Richmond, Virginia, which was only about 80 miles from Albemarle County, so much closer than um, Hamilton, who was in Albany, New York.
0: All right. So, so what about the obituary itself it makes you think that it was someone who like knew him intimately? So there's several details. Both um, it's
1: interesting because the author seems to have a pretty intimate knowledge of both Lawrence's time. You have examples.
0: Show me the results. Oh, I'm gonna like, gonna like go through the like
1: line by line. Uh, oh dear. God. So generally speaking, we'll see if this gets too long, we're gonna cut it short. But it's generally fine. My speaking, my part will be ridiculous. Um, the author demonstrates a very intimate knowledge of Lawrence's time in Europe, which would suggest Kinlock as the author um, because. Kinlock was in Geneva when Lawrence was in Geneva. Um, they were both studying together. I think Lawrence had um, Kinlock had um, actually finished his law studying and possibly had already passed the bar by the time Lawrence got there. But um, they were just both a little in slug. yeah, a little bit. Oh, well, Lawrence, was also, <laughs> Lawrence was also kind of delayed because of all of his mother dying and everything, and all of his siblings dying and everyone dying. Um, I think
0: Kinlock was just uh...
1: yeah. But they were both in an Geneva um, with Vigobra, however you pronounce his name. Vigobrae. Um, Vigobrae. Vigobra. <laughs> uh, and so, why am I discussing... Oh, so yeah, um, Kinlock was with Lawrence in Europe and would have obviously had um, a pretty significant knowledge of Lawrence's time there, whereas Hamilton you know, didn't meet Lawrence until uh, 1777 when Lawrence returned to fight in the war. Um, and then at the same time, the author does have a considerable, considerable knowledge of Lawrence's efforts during the war, which would suggest potentially someone like Hamilton, who we knew was obviously very close to Lawrence um, throughout the war and throughout his efforts to raise the regiment of slaves and different things like that. Um, so right now I'm going to try to go through this line by line. I have not transcribed this at all. So I apologize if I stumble over the 18th century S's that are shaped like F's and poor scanning of an article those, those are my
0: favorite those, those are the best. Makes the word suck look like fuck yeah. yeah all right so to begin not that they often use the word suck but you know. or fuck
1: but anywho yeah all right public with king. <laughs> Every public officer who hath served his country in council or the field with firmness and integrity is entitled to public esteem. But there are some traits in the character and conduct of the illustrious Colonel John Lawrence, son to the late President of Congress, that have shown forth in the active scenes in which he hath been employed during this contest, which mark him in particular, and should make an, an impression of gratitude on the breasts of his countrymen and on the tract of time, which should never be erased." Um, so that's the opening paragraph, fairly it general, it's just kind of... Just keep reading. Yeah, it's cool. just a person who He's cares, good dude. He cares a lot about John Lawrence. Let's go. Uh, next paragraph. At the commencement of this war, he had finished his studies in Europe, and although he had married in England and was happy in this the tenderest of connections, neither the charms of an amiable woman nor the allurements, allurements of affluence in a married state... Could detain him from the service of his country, incapable of that deliberate and self-interested policy which would, while his father bore an active part in the councils of America, have prescribed him to the pres- prescribed him to the prescribed to him the part he should have taken; that in the prosperous event of either party would have preserved his estate. He could not bend and crouch before a tyrant's throne, in ease and sloth, and tamely look on and see his countrymen struggling against every human difficulty for their freedom. The simplest boon that nature gives us all when therefore he found that in the councils of Britain the conquest of America was determined and that her ablest and most experienced officers at the head of powerful armies were putting in execution her nefarious plan instead of making his peace with those in power and deprecating the vengeance which in case of their success he knew must fall upon his aged father's head superior to every consideration of interest and incapable of being influenced by the tenderest ties of private connection he flew to the oh god this is like he flew to the something of his country and has been unwearied in her service. Oh, I think it's he flew to the standard of his country and has been unwearied in her service. It didn't copy well. Either way, Also, yeah. most of that was like one
0: sentence. You read that really well. I'm going to to that. Okay,
1: Cheers. thank you. I also need to... Let me take a shot You quick.
0: missed your shot earlier. I did. I missed like several shots. Oh. All right. Why are these getting harder to take and not easier? I don't know.
1: Um... So what's interesting is that um, the author of this specifically knew that John had married while in England.
0: Okay, but like a lot of people would know that.
1: They did, but also, but what's interesting is that like they knew he goes
0: on for like a solid like quarter of this obituary about his time in Europe, as yeah. if like that was an important part of their relationship, which is a little which suggests
1: Kenlock. And it also seems I think the way he likes to like oh like he. The kind of the implication that like he knew that Lawrence was like worried that he'd have to like stay in Europe because of his marriage, but he was like still quick to go. Yeah, like this is to
0: everyone in the colonies, this probably would have been like a benchmark of his career of like, oh, you left your wife in England. Yeah. But to someone who actually like experienced time in Europe with Lawrence, it would have been something that was like a major part of like, oh, he had to sit there and struggle with his like duty and inclination as far as like, I'm married, I have a duty to my wife, but I also like have a duty to my country.
1: Yeah. So this. Just kind like the discussion of Europe and the
0: fact that it's that long. Yeah, suggests kinda.
1: someone who knew Lawrence well in Europe, which would be Kinlock, and we do know that Kinlock actually visited and I think like had tea. Yeah, with, he had tea with, with Martha Manning. So he knew Kinlock knew before like pretty much anyone really. I mean, it was they, like
0: you. I wish I could have been a fly on the wall to that oh conversation. Oh God!
1: Also, by the way, the child that we're having is named Francis.
0: The conversation.
1: Oh, God. Around that. around That's, the, a, whole, oh, man. that's a whole thing, too. Um, but basically, this, to me, this paragraph suggests more of a Kinlock vibe. Just the discussion of Europe and the knowledge of the whole marriage that was occurring in Europe. I want to read this next
0: part. I just
1: want to try. All right. Um, and I think kind of like in there is also kind of talking about... Like being willing to like rebel against the monarchy and everything, which I almost feel like is like a callback back to like the Lawrence Kenlock debate about the like the republic versus the monarchy. Um, to me, that really screams Kenlock. Could it technically be Hamilton? Sure. Uh, I mean, I'm sh- like Hamilton obviously did eventually learn about Martha Manning, albeit a year and a half into his relationship with John Lawrence. Um, but you know, he wasn't with John during Europe or any of that. So I feel like this is like point Kenlock.
0: Read the next paragraph, if you will. (laughs) All right. Let's see if I can actually read this. This will be hard. In the beginning of the campaign of 1777, he joined the army in the character of aide-de-camp to the commander-in-chief. In In the Battle of Brandywine, in the midst of danger and difficulty, he behaved with the utmost Calmness. calmness and deliberation. He carried the orders of the general from wing to wing, and although he fell in parts broke and dismembered and... Whoa. That's not true. And put to rout, none of these circumstances of difficulty threw him into embarrassment or turned him from the line of duty. In the Battle of Germantown, he was present with those troops who led the charge, and in each turn of action in its most fortunate stage, while the hopes of the general were high and the prospect of glorious victory, warmed the breast of every soldier among the foremost with the highest ardor he preferred upon the enemy's rear. Yeah, those are S's. He pressed upon the the enemy's rear. (laughs) (laughs) And in the fate of that battle, when the army received a check from the party collected in a house, which its consequences induced confusion confusion and disorder, at the head of a small party with fixed bayonets, he charged upon it. Nor did he retire till he received a wound in the shoulder and two-thirds of his men lay dead in the field. That's not funny. He <laughs> fucked up. Anyway, in the Battle of Monmouth, he behaved with his usual propriety, was active in leading troops to the charge and in rallying them on the retreat. In that of Rhode Island, he imme- which immediately followed, he commanded a regiment of infantry, and for the order and excellent arrangement of his corps, his firmness and bravery in action and his superior address in favoring the views of the general in the close, close of that affair received his particular thanks."
1: So now in this paragraph, there's we're a couple getting...
0: inaccuracies in this that I feel like Hamilton would probably have known. Also, which part of Rhode Island is he talking about? Okay, so when he went to Rhode Island and he had to talk to Dustang about. Oh, wait,
1: this is when he drew that Rhode Island map that I discovered. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact I discovered a map that John Lawrence drew of Rhode Island and I touched it with my hands. That map that Founders, on, nerd. That Founders Online says um, has not been discovered. I found it.
0: I found it myself. Spend way too much time in a basement. That's what you do. It was a good- anyway, so in this paragraph, there's like, okay. So, he carried the orders of the general from wing to wing, and although he fell in parts broke, dismembered, and put to rout, none of these circumstances of difficulty threw him. Like, he specifically did not fall. He got, like, his ankle broke. And that was the extent of his injuries. He got hit with a cannonball in the foot at Brandywine.
1: I think what it's what I'm reading it as is he, like, He like entered the battle with like things were falling apart and men were dying and like nothing was working and he like still threw himself into it with like the fullest of like conviction and strength and effort.
0: That's how I'm reading it. I feel like Hamilton wouldn't have written his efforts as that like spectacular in that specific battle. So he probably, if it was Hamilton writing this, he would have probably focused a lot more on Monmouth and also the Black Regiment maybe I think it, I can, think be, it Monmouth can be a would point, have been big thing for Hamilton. It can be a point
1: to Hamilton because
0: Brandywine Lawrence was green. He was super new to the core. He didn't know. really know what he was doing. He carried messages and that was about all he did. But this person like goes into detail about Brandywine for some reason. Which is like the one I can like
1: in one, on one hand I can concede it to Hamilton in that Hamilton was at Brandywine. that's when Hamilton and Lawrence first met. Kinlock I do not believe was in. Kinlock wouldn't have been there for another year. So he was not with Lawrence at Brandywine. So the only so we could potentially concede this to Hamilton in that. Hamilton was at Brandywine and knew what Lawrence it's also did at Brandywine. Town in but we can also say that I'm sure, you know,
0: they don't Kinloch say anything probably, about Valley Forge at all. You know, if it's Hamilton not, wrote this, he probably would have discussed like some part about like well, there's the him we being a stalwart supporter We're of the general during Valley Forge. Oh, there's going to be—I don't remember where it goes
1: on in the future. I haven't read this in a while, but um, but there's okay, also right. the possibility that, you know Kinlock. You know, Lawrence wrote a lot to his father about these things, so potentially if Kinlock's having some sort of conversation with either Henry yeah, or this you know feels a lot like John later on in the war, pulling a military
0: bio from someone based on like just a list like of secondhand. Patrons. Yeah, I've written bios of people, and all they have are, like, information of what engagements they've been involved in. And, like, when you pull from that, like, you just say, like, hey, this is what the overall force did during this engagement. Yeah, it's still very general, even though it's a very lengthy paragraph about,
1: um... It doesn't German town. It is, yeah, it doesn't feel personal. So we'll go on. I'd say... This one can point go either way. Um, Probably more... I personally feel it's still more in support of Kinlock. If you want to put this point towards Hamilton, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to that either. But we'll go on to the next paragraph. Hitherto in the seal. seal? Scale? Scale. Hitherto in the scale of either party, the balance rather preponderated in our favor. For if the enemy had repulsed us in action and beat us from the field, they had neither neither destroyed an army nor conquered a state. When therefore in their councils, a manifest conviction arose that either the war in itself was ruinous and unavailing or that their system was faulty, and with a view of taking advantage of the internal weakness of the southern states, they directed their arms to that quarter. With a zeal which only warms the patriot breast, he flew to join his efforts to those of his countrymen to protect his native state. During all the operations in that quarter, either in the maneuvers of the general, in the positions of his army to keep the enemy from the town, or in the attack of parties to to dispossess them of posts, in one of which he received a second wound, we find him actively employed. More than once he sullied Sally sallied more than once he sallied from the town and charged the enemy advantageously posted repelled them and forced them to confess there were some among us whose sentiments of honor put them above the fear of danger and who lived only to serve their country. After this unhappy position which in in the more prosperous side of the tide of their affairs induced not only the fall of Charleston and the surrender of the garrison as prisoners of war but laid open the southern continent as far as the river Potomac "...of ravages and depredations, which must ever hand down the name of Cornwall to the most detestable colors on the page of history and fix a stain on the national character of Britain. We find some pause in his career of glory."
0: So, like, contrast that to the last paragraph where it discusses, like, three major battles of the war and, like, a year's worth of service. And, like, that discussion of his service in the South is a little more personal.
1: It's, it's interesting because it's like a little bit more personal, but, but it's also, also a little bit more a larger. Vague. Period of time. Yeah, so yeah. it's not getting into specifics about things, you know, like Savannah or Lawrence's role Maybe surrounding the, far, the fall of Charleston. Maybe knew not to go into that
0: though. Um,
1: <laughs> but what it's but it <laughs> does seem like it is more general. But I can also see it kind of being Kinlock because you know Kinlock, I think he was with the in the House of Representatives in South Carolina at this time. Um, and I think he was also taken prisoner at the fall of Charleston. And there's kind of this discussion and knowledge of the fall of Charleston, which I think would lend it more towards Kinloch being the author. Again, um, this can also kind of go more towards Hamilton in that you know Hamilton, what um, Hamilton didn't know as much of Lawrence uh, Lawrence's efforts in the Southern campaign, um, just because you know Hamilton wasn't involved. In, in that part of the war. Um, so it does read a little bit more general in some parts. Um, but at the same time, contact, there also seems to be kind of like a personal... Because
0: like Kinlock, if he was already in the South, probably wasn't receiving as many letters from Lawrence about like specifically yeah. what kind of military actions he was taking because he would expect uh, Kinlock to be getting that information from other sources. Yeah, Lawrence is probably writing more specific information to Hamilton about that. And we don't have all their letters anymore. That's true.
1: I don't know. Next paragraph. I will, I will also say, like, the Germantown should, paragraph uh, definitely reads more like someone who heard about Germantown and, like, from other sources. And, it was like, And Lawrence charged the point. field as everyone around him was dying and he was the savior of they Germantown. They didn't even say,
0: like, and Clyde like, dinner the Chew House or any like, yeah. specifics.
1: Whereas, it's interesting because, like, again, we're kind of getting into this, like, oh, like, this talking about how, like, you know, Britain is wrong and the monarchy is wrong and, like, we're right to, like, rebel against... Us. Oh, it's kind of this interesting contrast to, like... It almost reads like Kinloch being, like, you were right kind of thing. I don't know. Do you see what I mean? I think you're taking that an extra step. I am a little bit, but... but like, there is a discussion of... You could. I guess. It's interesting.
0: You don't gotta. But I you mean, we know, like, <laughs> we know at
1: this point Kidlock mm-hmm. was no longer pro-monarchy, so it's interesting to kind of see this author. The regret. This author kind of talking about. Yeah. It almost goes <laughs> like that a little the bit. The shame. The shame. The drama. All right. All right. Next anyway. paragraph. At this period, the commander-in-chief. No, you
0: didn't. You, what? Did I skip one? This tiny paragraph.
1: Oh, yes, thank you. This was after he he was a POW. Okay. Upon his exchange, he was sent by Congress as minister to the court of France to negotiate a particular and important business, which trust he discharged with address, ability, and dispatch. Upon his return, he was offered the thanks of Congress and some particular attention, therefore. This he refused, saying he only fought to serve his country and that the approbation of his own heart and that of the representatives of the people were the only compensation he could receive.
0: Doesn't need comment.
1: Well, there is so there is an asterisk in this paragraph which says, "This information I received from a member of Congress, but whether he meant of Congress collectively or individual members, I cannot say." They offered to pay him. He said, "Nah," right? Basically, um, yeah. but what's interesting about this is that who um, knew? That's this, the question. The little asterisk thing can potentially be used to discredit Kinlock as the author because Kinlock was a member of Congress between 1780 and 1781, so why would there be this asterisk saying like, oh, I didn't like, I wasn't there, and I don't know if this was like, who said this in Congress? It reads as more of like an, uh, It's. I feel like the paragraph itself reads as an insider of Congress, but then the asterisk is like, but I wasn't there. It's like this weird It also like, why dichotomy. would you bother
0: including that unless you felt yourself would be like, Approached by people in Congress, like, why'd you say
1: that? Yeah. Um, so, the only th- way I can kind of explain this and still have Kinluck as the author is that. Um, you
0: don't need to even put it like Well, that. just like, putting honestly, in. People skipped out on Congress dressed, all the time. Yeah.
1: So, people just didn't show up to Congress sometimes. Also, um, they went to Virginia for a large part of 1781, um, because I believe he got married that year. Yeah, he got married February 22nd, 1781. <laughs> like that That's, is, yeah. I, his relationships are also a whole, he like married like a 15 year old. He... All right, I'm gonna it take was... a shot already because I gotta say he is a slutty bitch. Yeah, he was. His, right, like, totally wife died true. and then, like, I think less than a year later, he's like, time to get married again. God! Um... And he was also, he got married in the Lonely beginning. Lonely boy. He got married in February 1781, and then he was also captured by Tarleton in Virginia in 1781. Were we so all he captured spent, by Tarleton at I think point. we were. I think we were, by those handsome good looks. That, like, bearskin helmet, you know? That's, like, that gets us all, you know? Um, but anyway, so my point is, Kinloch's been a large part of... Uh, 1781 in Virginia and he could have also just not showed up to Congress that day and also, I don't know, the, I feel like the paragraph reads like a person who was in Congress even though the asterisk is like, I I don't know this specific detail. I
0: don't I know. feel like they only would have included the asterisk if they felt that they were accountable to someone else's opinion in Congress anyway. Yeah. Like they felt the need to say like, I can't confirm yeah. this for sure, but I'm going to yeah. say it anyway. Like, who would do that? All right, so that was a little short paragraph.
1: Moving on to the next one.
0: I want to read it. Okay. I'm going to butcher this. At this period, the commander-in-chief had in... What? Invested, invested York. York. What does that mean? I don't know. Anyway, at this period, the commander-in-chief had invested York, and the Allied armies of America and France were arranged around it. Oh, this I is Yorktown. I think it's York like your town. Town, yeah. Okay. After milking a report? Making a. <laughs> <laughs> he milked that report okay. out of a poor aid cat. After making a report to Congress of his negotiations abroad, a few days threw him into the army. Here, the general employed him, and in this siege we find him heading one of those columns which formed and took one of their principal redoubts. He was also one of the commissioners on the part of General Washington for settling the terms of capitulation previous to the surrender of Earl Cornwallis. From that period, the affairs of the enemy to the forthward to the southward, that's southward, returned in a contrary direction, and whatever influence this event might induce in the co- councils of different European countries, it became the particular benef... I can't read that. Okay, whatever, of Congress did dispossess them of all posts they held on this continent. Upon the principal detachment of the army was ordered to the southward, and Colonel Lawrence presented himself again to join the aid of that countryman. Of oh, his countrymen for the recovery of Charleston. He went south even though a lot of people in Europe wouldn't have fucking cared that there were still soldiers in their country. America cared, so Lawrence went south. Lawrence always cares. America went, <laughs> went. America went full cleanse. They were like, We gotta detox these British out of our gut. We gotta we gotta clear our bowels of all these British. Yeah, so this one Lawrence um, is like, I'm gonna help you. Okay, we're gonna continue because you don't need to like. I want to say there is like the brief mention
1: of Yorktown, which um, Hamilton and Lawrence Hamilton were involved. would have gone into
0: detail about that more. Yeah, so Hamilton and Lawrence were
1: involved was, like, in taking on the same red redoubt number ten, um, and I think there was just the one brief line that was like, oh, he like was employed in Yorktown. Yeah,
0: they didn't. Um,
1: go there. And like, oh, he also wrote the surrender terms. Um,
0: Hamilton doesn't know when to shut up when it comes to like things that he accomplished, and if he had been there for that like specific thing, he would have written about it. Yeah. I feel also, like... the grammar of this letter—I'm not going to go into the grammar piece of it, but like this does not reek of Hamilton. We have to do that whole like Federalist paper analysis. <laughs> I can't. I don't want to do it right now. I've been reading that book too much. Oh man. Um... All this impeachment stuff—I've been open the Federalist more than I need to. Yeah. Oh, um, okay, let's keep going. Cause yeah, next paragraph, on. short paragraph.
1: At several stages of this war, he has solicited permission to embody the slaves against the enemy and lately offered to present the state with 150 of his own property upon condition they would make, up, make him up a regiment. But this request upon views of policy has been constantly refu- refused. His object in this has been as well to emancipate the, that unhappy class of people as to raise a respectable force for the public service.
0: Can I make um, a quick plug for Harriet? Because it was so good. Oh, yes. Okay, yes. they had the part where she was at uh, Combahee at yes. the end, and I was, like, crying.
1: <laughs> that was beautiful. Go see the Harriet If you're Tubber not movie. gay for
0: Harriet Tubman, you're
1: wrong. You are wrong. That movie was, we just saw it the other day, and it was amazing. Was so good. 10 out of 10 would recommend.
0: Um, I don't care about the historical inaccuracies. I just enjoyed watching it. I don't even it. know
1: what the historic. I just went into it and it was beautiful. And I loved it. It was good. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so, what's interesting about this is that um, he's, the way they phrased this paragraph, it was like, it seems like the author was there, would say, like, he lately offered to present the state with 150s of his own property, um, which I think I have to go back through the timing of this, but I know Lawrence was like, suggesting, um, possible ways to, you know, free the slaves and enlist them in the army as their own regiment, um, like, through, like, 1781, potentially, I think even, like, potentially through 1782. Until
0: the day he died.
1: Basically until he died.
0: He probably Um, was
1: like, fuck y'all, I can't do this And so the fact that this author, um, was, I believe, in the South Carolina House of Representatives at this time, we can fact check that later on, um, But this author seems to be like, oh, his most recent proposal was that he, like, offer 150 of his own slaves and like this. I feel like that was Um, on the
0: table from the start.
1: That one, yeah, the using of his own inheritance was on the table from the start. I think the final one was, like, Lawrence was like, hey, like, let's take the confiscated estates of the loyalist southerners and use those slaves. Oh, yeah. Drag them. Those slaves in the regiment. And then they were like, "Mm, still no. Um... And, uh, but it seems like the author—it's like was privy he's like, he's to he's an like, adult;
0: he can make his own choice. He's like, I want to steal.
1: <laughs> it seems like the author was privy to like the most recent um, like suggestions from Lawrence regarding the regiment and things like so. I, I would say this one is kind of like another point towards Kinlock. All right, so next paragraph. Sometime since a detachment of the enemy having advanced into the country, and General Gist. Commanding the infantry, being ordered to meet them, Colonel Lawrence, although for some days preceding the action he had been confined to his bed with a high fever, arose, headed his corps, led it to the charge, and while gallantly fighting at the head thereof, received a wound of which he died in the field. Um, So what's interesting about, so obviously, uh, this person seems to have a little bit more knowledge of the... Events surrounding Lawrence's death, so it wasn't just like, oh, Lawrence went into a skirmish and died. He, like, knew the intricacies of, like, oh, Lawrence was sick, and he still got up and went and to go fight in this skirmish. Um, um, we don't know
0: how much Hamilton knew. Okay, the thing that I would when... point out about this specific piece about saying, like, he has more knowledge than most is that it's only October 12th. Yeah. And this person knows that at the time of the battle, Lawrence had a fever. Yeah. So that information has already passed, not just like the circumstances of his death, that he died in battle, but that he had a fever prior to the battle has already passed to whoever wrote this. Yeah, and so, we don't know what... We whoever, know Hamilton sent his last letter This August This informa- 15th, This is but, coming from Virginia. Like yeah. this obituary was published in Virginia. So whoever wrote this is someone who was close enough to Lawrence to have gotten insider information to his like physical state prior to the battle, which he died in. So whoever was writing to this person... Knew that that person cared about Lawrence enough that when they yeah. wrote to them, they gave this extra bit of details so that wasn't just about the battle. It was about his physical state prior to the battle. Yeah.
1: So we don't. I can't think of any letters that we have between Kenlock and Lawrence in some, like during the war period when they're both in the colonies. Um, but again, this seems to be more knowledge than Hamilton would have been privy to at the time. We knew we know that Hamilton knew that Lawrence died in a skirmish, but we don't know what else Hamilton knew about that Hamilton never mentioned Lawrence being sick. I feel like General Green you know, wouldn't have mentioned Yeah, him. I feel like whoever told Hamilton about Lawrence's I death would have, have just been like... I it was Green. Yeah, because that's actually, that's who Hamilton was uh, responding to on October 12th. Yeah, but I think it was probably So put So it was potentially uh, Nathaniel Green. Um, but this paragraph, again, seems to be kind of point towards Kinlock,
0: Right, possibly last paragraph?
1: Yes. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. It will be unnecessary to anticipate the grateful emotions which must arise in the breast of every virtuous citizen in favor of this illustrious young man, whose untimely death we all have reason to lament. And while I join the public opinion in admiring his disinterested zeal for the rights of man, for the rights of mankind his great and unwearied services to his country, his gallantry in the field, and his ability and address in negotiation, together with those more domestic virtues which distinguish him in the characters of the companion, the husband and the son, and endear him to the bosom of private life, I am happy thus to perform my last duties to the memory of a friend." <laughs> so again, a pretty general those paragraph. Those more domestic
0: virtues.
1: Those more domestic virtues. He got them
0: nice lips. <laughs> I do think
1: it's interesting that, sorry, the, that the jealous. author brings up the fact that he was a husband again, which, Chill. again, wasn't necessarily, like, hidden knowledge. But we, we get it, you jealous. But we at it's least fine. know that, like, we know from Hamilton Lawrence's relationship with Hamilton that he didn't really, like, talk about, talk about, about being a husband. So the fact that, like, this person... I mean, it could be either Hamilton or Ken Long, They both knew that he was married. We all um, know. We all but know. I, don't, I feel like Hamilton wouldn't have mentioned that he was a husband. I feel like... I feel like either one Hamilton was like, (laughs) Like, like, "You're my my husband," husband. (laughs) you're my husband, (laughs) or like he would have known that Lawrence wasn't necessarily like happy in that relationship, (laughs) and that he wouldn't have been like, "Oh," and he was like the the model husband, and like I don't know. It still
0: blows my mind that Hamilton didn't know that he had a wife until seventeen. For a year and a half, yeah. He worked on the same staff with him. There's no way that none of the aides knew that information. I mean, there is a way, obviously, it happened. But, like, no one knew that he had a wife for, like, a year and a half. I I mean, not like that's, like, a huge deal, but, like, most people at least would, like, offhandedly mention, like, hey, I got a wife.
1: And, like, a hey, my and a child. And a child. My
0: kid did this and I just got a letter from them. Like, there's a he reason, was receiving there's letters. There is a reason he
1: withheld he that He didn't talk about
0: that with the people he worked with.
1: So, I like, mean, part of the reason he'd be like, oh, you know, he wasn't like, well, no, he, he just wasn't like, happy in the relationship. Well no, he like, I understand
0: it. Like, I don't talk about my relationship and my like work life because you don't, like, it's not important. No. You're in charge of people. Like, you have to, like, work with people and they don't care about your private life. They care about, like, what can you accomplish for me today? And, like, what can you get your guys to do for me today? That's, like, not relevant to your private life, but this is, like, on a whole next level. Like, it still comes up in conversation. Like, people will all candidly be like, hey, you're going on break this, like, winter. Or like, hey, you're getting letters from people. Like, hey, you're talking to this person on the phone a lot. Are you, like, a thing? Like, casual conversations occur. Yeah. And he obviously avoided them enough to the yes. point where, like, for a year and a half, nobody knew that he was married to someone.
1: Yeah. I just feel like if it was Hamilton writing this, I don't even see him writing about Europe. I don't see him writing about being a husband. I see him being like, he was like the model son of the country and he was also, fighting in the war. Grammar and grammar would have been totally different. Yes. To me, this reads like Kinloch. Um Do
0: we have any letters from Kinlock that we could really adjust
1: little I'd have to look. At least. I mean, obviously, we have Kinlock letters from the like, 1770s. I don't want 1770s. to compare
0: right now. You can make a yeah. post about that later um, if you really
1: want to. The last point that I kind of have to make is that in the particular transcription that I have posted to my blog, which I'll include the link for, um, it is signed with an A. Um, and some people, um, I think even myself initially, when I was looking at this letter, I was like, oh, is, is this an A for like Alexander? What does this mean? Um, but I can pretty much say with pretty much 100% certainty that it does stand for anonymous. Like so all depending- of you. All of you. Yeah. Um, So depending on which um, publication of the obituary you look at, I remember when I was kind of trying to find, like, the best transcription and scan of the image to include, Um, some of them did not list an author, some of them listed it as A, and some of the um, publications listed it as anonymous. So we can pretty much say with complete certainty that A just means anonymous. It does not speak to the initial or name of the author, um, so it was published in the Virginia Gazette, as I mentioned originally. It was published in the Freeman's Journal or the North American Intelligencer on November 6, 1782. It was published in the New Jersey Gazette on December 11, 1782. And it was published in the Massachusetts Spy on December 12th, 1782. And so if you look through those different publications, again, you'll kind of see either the A, no author or anonymous. Um, so that has nothing to do with the identity of the author.
0: So now you know. Every time you click the anonymous button, you are you are frustrating future historians who are trying yes. to figure out useless yes. information like who wrote what posts. Um. Your post may be the next obituary <laughs> that some future lesbians look at on the internet.
1: Indeed. Um. So overall, the information contained within some of it can you can maybe argue towards Hamilton. I'd say most of it goes towards Kinlock, but I'd say with in regards to like that
0: into the ground, like I think everyone should believe us at this point.
1: Yeah. I feel like especially with the date and location of the publication, it's almost I don't know, it's almost like impossible to
0: deny that Kinlock. It definitely was the ain't author. Alex. Like it ain't Alex. Considering it could be, that we knew it could be other people that aren't Kinlock, but like likely. Yeah. Like who else? Yeah.
1: I don't know if any of the other, like, aides or something were in Virginia at the time, but even if they were, I don't think they would have known the level of detail
0: that the author possesses, especially in regards to things like Europe. Depends on, like, how much he actually talked to them. He did have other friends. He did. but to his credit. But when this author is going
1: talking about Europe and being a husband and the Southern campaign and the Southern Congress and, like, House of Representatives in South Carolina, I would say it's it's more, like, the
0: stuff about Europe that really...
1: Yeah, uh, to me, in my humble opinion,
0: whoever wrote it at least talked to Kinlock. Yeah, potentially. I mean, it's in Virginia. Yeah,
1: I feel like it has to be Kinlock, which is interesting. It's an interesting end to their relationship, however, like considering everything that it went through, that Kinlock was able to be you know at the end, assuming he's the author, and know, was able to to publish this, which is a pretty heartfelt and positive remembrance of Lauren's sure 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 sure. Sure. alright conspiracy number one take a shot for finishing the conspiracy like what is it 45 minutes
0: 53
1: (laughs) minutes this is gonna be a long ass
0: podcast we need to end this this is bad so this
1: was episode four of Lauren's Lore drinking game conspiracy edition Follow up to be posted whenever we have time to post it.